Hey guys, I'm back. This is my review of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Look, this episode was, you know, it's a Christmas-based episode uh, because, um, you know, it's, it's during the holiday season. I think last week they were celebrating Hanukkah. Now this week they're doing, uh, I think Diana is hosting a Christmas party. Now I have to say Diana's house is really, really beautiful. She has a gorgeous home. She's not a good person, but she got a gorgeous home there. So I'm going to give a teeny weeny bit of credit. So anyway, um, it kind of starts off where uh, we find out we got three people who are not able to attend Kyle's. Um, Kyle is hosting a fundraiser luncheon with Jamie Lee Curtis and Kai, uh, three people cannot attend because they tested positive for COVID. So that would be Garcelle, Erica, and Lisa Renna. So, um, yeah, so they're down for the count right now. They, they, they can't attend. That's really unfortunate. So Dree, I think she called Lisa Renna and, and was like, you know, checking up on her, seeing how things was going and, you know, letting her know that she's going to be attending the luncheon. It was so interesting because later on the episode, Dorit ends up testing positive for COVID. So it's like, wow, this is, I mean, it's real. COVID is out there. It's not, it's not going anywhere. So this is, this is just what the, re, this is the reality of the reality television show. So, um, Let's get to Kyle's house. Well, let me see. Before we get to Kyle's house, did we talk to anybody else? I think, because Kathy Hilton appears in this episode. And I think we, I'm going to just go ahead and talk about Kathy Hilton. You know, Kyle goes over to Kathy's house. And, you know, Kathy does, you know, she has all these different rooms with all these different thematic you know, representations of Christmas and everything. It's, you know, I feel like Kathy's house is overly, overly done. Like, it's just going way, way, way above and beyond, in my opinion. It's like, I like, I'm almost into the minimalist theory. Um, I feel like Kathy and all the, she just, that's just her thing, being over the top. Her and Kyla talking and it's Kathy Hilton being Kathy Hilton. You know, she kind of gives you the whole, <laughs> I'm just here. I exist and life is good. You know, she, her, they meet, you know, they're having lunch, having a baked potato with caviar. And apparently Kathy Hilton loves a lot of caviar and she's showing Kyle how to prepare the caviar. She's saying, you know, I'm trying to make this, um, baked potato, like some caviar place in Paris. And when she opens it up, she just pours on like so much caviar. I'm like, oh my God. And Kyle is going, I've never seen anyone eat as much caviar as her. And it was a lot. I mean, it was like caviar with a side of potato, basically. And so Kyle was like, well, is this the entree or is this an appetizer? And Kathy looking at her like, girl, this is the entree. Like, this is it. Look. I ain't the biggest fan of caviar. Let's be let's be clear. I'm just not. I've had it before. Uh, it's I don't know. I'm just not the biggest fan of it. But it's obvious that Kathy Hilton loves her some caviar. So that was kind of like your comic relief, I guess. Because when Kathy comes on the scene, it's always about comic relief, in my opinion. I don't take her seriously. Uh, 
it, you know, when she comes on the scene, there's going to be something said or done that's really quirky. And, you know, like Cal even mentioned how Kathy responds to, or con I guess she used her iPad to contact Kyle online. And she leaves messages that everybody can hear. It was so funny. And, Kathy, and, and Kyle's like, this is a public forum. You can't just get on here and just leave messages that everyone can listen to as an Instagram post. It, you know, again, the comic relief factor, because that's exactly what it is. So we move on from that and let's get to Kyle's um, fundraiser. Like I said, it's really Jamie Lee Curtis's fundraiser and Kyle is hosting it at her house. So Jamie comes over and, um, you know, Jamie's like, you know, she really, 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 you know, she really cares a lot about Kyle. You know, they work together on Halloween and they have been really good friends since when they started working together in 1978 on Halloween. They really, and, you know, and Kyle loves her. And she just was like, look, Kyle, I'm not worried about your hair. And I'm not worried because Kyle was complaining about, oh, I just did my hair and I'm trying to get the grays out. And, you know, Jamie was like, look, I didn't come over here to worry about what your hair is looking like. I came here because I'm interested in your heart. And, you know, she is really appreciative of Kyle hosting this event and Kyle donating to see, you know, this fundraiser and, you know, that's that's what's important to her. And Kyle's just, you know, and, and it's really good. I love to see their genuine relationship. It's really nice. So we go through, you know, Jamie has some gift bags uh, for all the ladies. And it's some items, just general items. Like, I don't know, there was like stuff for a pet, like your dog. There was something like candle holders or something. It was just nothing over the top, you know. But it was a lot of things that I didn't think it was a big deal. But... Clearly, Dorit did, because when she showed up, honey, it was old. She was just so just like over the top about, oh, my God, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Girl, calm down. Bring it down a notch. The seating arrangement. I believe that Kyle purposely sat um, Diane and Sutton together. I think that was on purpose. She knows they're not getting along. She saw their previous interaction and at Garcelle's party. So she knows it wasn't a good thing. So why would you purposely sit them together? Because you're being messy. That's right, Carl. You're being messy. So anyway, Sutton gets there. You know, ladies get there. Sutton was like, I know you're not going to have me sitting next to this woman. We're not in a good place. So she switched up the seats. <laughs> Jamie caught all that. She was like, okay, I see what's going on here. All right, let's get back to the fundraising, talking about it and everything. So all the ladies are there. And like I said, Dorit is head over heels so excited to be talking with Jamie Lee Curtis. Anything this woman said, Jamie, I mean, Dorit was like, yes. Oh, that's great. That's fabulous. Oh, that's so good. Girl, I'm like, even Jamie was looking at Dorit like, girl, it's, these are fundraiser items. This is, I mean, it's not all that, honey. Just bring it down a notch. So then Dorit whispers over to Diane and she's like talking low. And she said, um, She's trying to, you know, she's, I know you had lunch with um, Sutton and how did it go? And, you know, Diane is like, girl, you know, it, it just, it just not, it's, it's not happening. It's not working. It's whatever, whatever. This is the re, you know, trying to get all the information. She knows these two do not see it for each other. She's well aware of that. So lunch is over. Jamie leaves and in one room you have, who was it? Sutton and Sharice. Sharice there. 
Oh, I forgot to mention at the oh, whole luncheon table about Sheree and her eyelash was coming off and Sutton was trying to help her put the eyelash on and she didn't know what she was doing. So then Jamie Lee Curtis had to get up and help Sheree put this eyelash on. That was kind of funny. So then we get, um, oh, and, and then uh, Diane, she donated $25. Fact, she matched Kyle's donation to the fundraiser or to the charity of $25,000. So I thought when Diane said that, that the other ladies on the other side of the table was going to reach in like, well, I'll give this amount or I'll give that amount. But they, if they did, they didn't show it. But they made sure to show Diane's. So then, okay, Jamie leaves and we got Cherie and um, who's in the room? We got Cherie, Sutton. And I believe, let's see, Cherie Sutton, who else came in there? Not Rena, because she was sick. Well, okay, well, Cherie and Sutton, let's just talk about that. So Cherie's trying to understand what's going on between Sutton and Diane. And Sutton is trying to say, you know, our last interaction, she wasn't in a place where she is willing to move forward. And Sutton has this habit of wanting... And every review, I say this all the time, Sutton does not like conflict. But Sutton also at the same time doesn't seem to be aware of the fact that it's not always about conflict. You don't have to get along with everybody. You don't have to like everyone. And everyone doesn't have to like you that's in a room, okay? You can be cordial and keep it moving. She wants to be liked. And, uh, and this woman does not like her. She does not like her at all period in another room by the bar you have crystal um, diane and kyle now this is when we start talking a little bit more about crystal's eating disorder you know she has mentioned it before she goes back into detail about how the holidays are a little bit stressful for her because you know she has this 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 you know she has eating disorder and being around food and concerned about how it affects her um, weight, appearance, control, all these things come into factor with her and food. And, um, you know, she's always talked about, at least she has before, being the tallest girl in her class. And, you know, she just has an insecurity. And, 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 and so, She's been trying to deal with this eating disorder. She has been working on it, but you know, she's still got, it's a constant work in progress for her. <coughs> Excuse me. So the ladies, you know, Kyle and Diane seem to be very um, supportive. And then, and then Kyle was starting to ask questions. And she said, the reason I'm asking is because I went through my own time in my life when she was younger, um, being in Hollywood where, you know, again, being in the entertainment industry, especially for a woman, in particular for a woman, your size matters. And I think that, I mean, we know this, you know, how, how you are perceived in Hollywood and in the uh, magazines and what's considered to be beautiful, you know, for a woman, if you are fat, then you're considered to be the funny person. You know, you can't be taken seriously because fat to them, and again, and, and coincidentally, fat would be someone that's like size four. But, you know, you have these, you know, images and what's associated. You're not going to see a plus size woman typically during the time that Kyle was, you know, 
coming up in Hollywood. You wouldn't, a plus size woman usually wasn't considered to be a sexy person. They wouldn't be the ones that's considered for a role where she's a femme fatale or anything like that. They would be considered like the the chubby, funny friend. You know, that's kind of, you know, what it was all about. So for Kyle, who, you know, wasn't trying to have play into those types of roles and, you know, it was a big thing about body conscious and weight imaging. And this is how she was relating to what Crystal was dealing with. And uh, so it was a very good conversation about recognizing and understanding the thought process and also understanding that there's work to be done. So the fact that Crystal even discussed it was, in my opinion, was good. You know, it's like, okay, she's struggling. She's felt safe enough to discuss it. And the reception was very like, you know, they, the ladies, well, those two, they, you know, they, they seemed to be, you know, they were open and understanding. So when they go into the living room, this is when we get this whole situation about talking about Sutton and Diana in their latest interaction. Now, Sheree had already told Sutton that, you know, you entered that conversation on a negative. You came, to, you approached Diane asking about her health in a manner that was very combative. Now, I will say this. I felt like Sutton was being messy and didn't believe that Diane was dealing with any type of uh, health issues. It looked, because, and again, the way that we saw things, we saw this very, uh, horribly written text message that was directed negatively toward Garcelle. You're claiming or making an excuse. It seemed like she was making an excuse to not be at this party, but she ended up showing up anyway. So the approach that Garcelle, not Garcelle, but Sutton took was one of, let me go ahead and let you know, I see you for your BS. That's the way I think Sutton was approaching it, but not saying it like that, but that's the way I thought she was approaching it. So, Sheree's like, look, do you not believe that you should take some ownership in your part in the disagreement between you and Diane? And, uh, you know, Sutton was like, well, I could, you know, I could. I just don't think Diane is there yet, blah, blah, blah. So Diane, you know, she finally opens up, talks about the miscarriage, how she was feeling and all of that. Sutton was like, okay, I'm responsible for 95% of the problems that we have. I did not agree with Sutton on that, but I think Sutton just, again, wants to, doesn't want to have any uh, ill will, ill feelings, this and that. Now, listen, what Sutton did not know is how Diane was saying, oh, after that conversation with Sutton, I had to go take a shower. I had to exfoliate because it was so disgusting. I'm like, oh, wow. Diane does not like Sutton. Diane was just sitting there like, okay, I'll take it. I accept it. We can move forward. No, she don't see it for Sutton. She really doesn't. But Sutton, again, now, I, given the way Diane has been acting, you're going to Sutton, I'm sure, is going to believe that, that, that Diane is cool with her. That's not the case, but okay. So Diane is having her event, her holiday party event, and she's going through the process of getting the house fixed up. And she's talking about how, you know, she, in, in where she grew up, you know, they didn't celebrate Christmas because it was a communist country. So going to London, she got a chance to see Christmas, celebrate it. She loves it, all that good stuff. That's great. Um, 
everybody's able to attend the party with the exception of Dorit. Like I said, Dorit has tested positive. So we get all the ladies there. Um, I felt like Crystal looked good. I liked the green on her and I liked her makeup and I love the shoes. Crystal actually, to me, really looked great. She stood out in a very positive way because Crystal don't get A pluses on her, on her looks. We have a conversation prior to the party with, uh, let me see, it was uh, Erica and her creative director. And she was like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to get as drunk as I did at Garcelle's party, but I am going to have a little champagne and this and that. Okay, no problem. Cool, drink, do what you got to do. Okay. At the party, we get back on this topic of Crystal and her eating disorder. And it was Garcelle and uh, Erica and Crystal. Crystal explaining, you know, I don't, I, I think, I, I think Erica was the one that brought up about the holidays and how you feel, you know, something like that. And when Crystal started talking about her eating disorder, you know, Erica was like, you know what? <coughs> How about take a laxative? I'm looking at her Garcelle looking like, I was looking like, girl, that is not the way a healthy approach, a safe approach to dealing with someone who's going through an eating disorder. I have to look at her. I, I really believe that Erica thought she was coming from a good place. I don't think Erica meant to sound as ill-informed and as ignorant, even though she did say before she started the conversation, she said, girl, let me go ahead and be ignorant. You were. We went on. And so Crystal's kind of like, okay, you know, and she's describing it gets descriptive. I'm not going to go into that. And Erica was like, you know what? I understand. He said, but I'd rather poop it out than do the other thing. I was like, Erica, you're not, what are you talking about? Like, what is happening here? What type of advice do you think? You're not, uh, child. But again, I think that Erica was trying to come from a place of good, but it was so, so wrong. I, 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 I couldn't, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I couldn't understand. Erica needs some <laughs> intervention or something. I didn't get it. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um. We also hear Erica discuss, because um, she had had a conversation prior with um, Lisa Renner. I almost forgot about this part. And Lisa Renner said, yeah, you know, Harry Hamlin bought, you know, brought back um, a magazine or someone to tabloids with you on the cover. And, you know, Erica was going, oh, yeah, you know, they're just rehashing stuff that's already been out there. And, you know, now that I'm, because they're saying it's a problem for me being ambitious with my own career and all of this. Um, and she's still married to Tom because at this point in time, if she were to divorce Tom, this is according to Erica, she would have to pay alimony. So right now she's going to stay married to him. I was like, hmm, okay. Hmm. Um, I can believe that as being a legitimate reason for her to want to keep, I think legally, it's probably in her best interest at this point in the game to remain married at this point. Now she had opportunities a long time ago to let this go. But I also said that I, I always believe that Erica was going to hang in there with Tom until 
you know, it's time to cash in the life insurance policy. That's what I've always believed. Now, I don't know if she's still keeping her payments up on his life insurance policy. It would behoove her to do so. But I think that also plays a role in this as well. So she did give us that information. But that's really the entire episode. It was cute for what it was. Despite it being at Diane's house, it was still cute. That's all I got. Talk to you guys later. Peace.